Coming up, Temecula Terror is the Inland Empire's newest haunted attraction. Today is their opening day, but I went out to preview the experience, and I'm sharing it with you. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 31 of our 61-day Hauntathon, counting down to Halloween. Today is Friday, October 1st, and there are 30 days until Halloween. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. Speak with Gantam's design team and sign up for a free demo at gantam.com demo. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up to our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And now, let's go to Temecula Terror. I sat down with one of the producers and had her walk us through the experience. As she's talking, you're also going to hear audio clips that I gathered from the mazes. But I promise, there's no spoilers. Here we go. Hi, I'm Alexandra Baru. I am one of the producers at Temecula Terror. This is our inaugural event. We decided because there's a lot of haunters out here in the Inland Empire with not as many haunts as in some of the urban areas like LA, OC, San Diego, we decided that we would bring one here. And I live like down the street, the brothers live down the street. So we all just came together and decided that we needed a haunt that was local and that was indie. And at the event, we have family fright hours, which is from 5 to 7 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. Temecula has a lot of families here. So we want to make sure all the little monsters in town can also enjoy the spooky season with us. And what that has is a spooky pumpkin patch, a carnival ride, some vendors, some nice food trucks, DJ, that kind of stuff, craft hour. Then we also at 7 p.m. we sweep and make it really scary. Once the gates open, that's when the real monsters come out. And you can go through all three of our mazes. You can visit our VIP bar. We have a secret speakeasy if you can find it. And we've also got multiple GA bars, multiple food vendors, and each night there will be live entertainment in the form of specialty entertainers, stilt walkers, all of the, those kinds of things. And then our VIP experience is exclusive access to our VIP bar. And like I said, a speakeasy that is hidden, but has handcrafted cocktails that you can only get at that location. So the first maze is 301 Hyde Street. Now this is terrifying because basically you're entering the home of Otis Hatcher and he's the social pariah of Temecula Terror. People question why an overly large man who lived alone and collected dolls spent his free time. He's the town outcast, and a carnival came to town hosted by Mayor Butterfield, and everyone in town is enthralled with the Halloween carnival. So Otis being upset about this, because Halloween, of course, is his favorite holiday because he's extremely demented, he lures all trick-or-treaters into his house, and instead of handing out candy, he's mostly handing out tricks and in the form of, like, torture. Something really interesting about that maze is that it features a lot of vintage ephemera that belong directly to Jeremy and Zach Ball, the producers, Bloodshed Brothers. You can go through there and if you keep an eye out, keep your eyes peeled, you can see a lot of their vintage pieces um, from their personal collection. And even, you know, 
walking through the maze with them is really fun because they will point out things and be like, that was the first prop that I ever bought with my own money when I was 15 at Party City. That kind of stuff is what I think sets us apart, is that level of detail and the guys, their their parents helped us with build and helped us with concepting. Their mom makes all the costumes. It's a family affair. So I think that really comes through in the level of detail of the mazes. More sacrifices for Otis. Join the candy corn. The second maze is the Crypt. That's a brand new maze. It's never been done this way before. Hello. How you doing? Good. Nice. Well, Walton, he was a good boy, but he didn't know when to stop talking, so that's why he in the grave. Michelle, uh, she was a beauty, but sadly got ran over by a horse. Well, that's it right now. Keep on moving. Originally, the crypt was a just a blackout maze. It was a feel your way through, very creepy that way. But it really grew from there as the brothers evolved the creative and they started adding some light elements, some laser elements, some fog elements, and then it became this like venture through the forgotten catacombs. And it's really been elevated into what it is now. The third maze is Butterfield Asylum, and this is the one that really brings to life the Temecula history, or I should say a parallel, maybe darker imagined history. So the Butterfield stage route is a historical route of like stagecoaches that came through this valley. So it came directly through Temecula, but they had a mail stop that was located in Temecula. And a lot of the stops were actually built by prison workers. The brothers imagined this horrifying history, like a darker side in the sense that if you've ever spent time in Temecula outside of the month of January, that the sun here is insanely intense. And so we imagined that these prison workers building these structures probably suffered from heat exhaustion and lost their minds. I don't know, it's the people I don't like, the people I don't. No, I'll be good, I'll be good, come and get me, I'll be good, I'll be good, I promise, I promise. <laughs> so we like to, imagine what kind of happened to those those prison workers and those social outcasts and so we've imagined the Butterfield Asylum is now their home and a walk through there is creepy as an understatement. The biggest challenge for us this year is really getting this off the ground in this community. Sometimes people are a little bit apprehensive to come out. So I think it's really just building trust in our community, letting them know that we've taken a lot of precautions to disinfect surfaces and make sure that we are following COVID protocols given by the county. But I think it's really just gonna be getting the word out there that people know about this haunt and know that it's indie style. It's different than what you're gonna get at one of the, the bigger haunts in an urban area. It's a very different feel. Independent haunts and especially first year independent haunts definitely have their own feeling. And I usually try and get guests at the experience to describe that feeling in their own words. And this time, 
I chatted with Chloe Noel from Chloe IRL. Here's what she had to say about the experience. I love Hyde Street. I am a huge sucker for vintage Halloween. I love the guts and gore, don't get me wrong, but it just, it feels like a Halloween maze. And I love all the vintage blow molds. I think that is so fun. The dolls and the little like witch animatronic room. I think that was so fun. We always had one of those little witch puppets and it scared me so bad when I was little. So seeing that was like seeing an old friend from my childhood, it was so fun. I think it's really its own thing. Being in the middle of nowhere, kind of Temecula, you're going down these dirt roads, it definitely adds to the environment of like, okay, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. It adds to the spookiness. I think that you can't go in with the expectation of like, oh, this is gonna be like Scary Farm or oh, this is gonna be like Horror Nights, because it's not. Like, obviously they have a way bigger budget and they also have a lot of other rules that they have to follow that these pro haunts or home haunts don't really have, but they have different guidelines. So you can't go in with the same expectations that you would have for a Horror Nights or Scary Farm. You have to go and know that it's gonna be something different, but you're still gonna have a lot of fun. And now let's close with some final words from Alex. And these are some words that I think we can all identify with. This in particular was a field that they had never used as a special event space, but that they wanted to. And so it's crazy to be standing here after it's been transformed into this space and to really be like in in the creepy carnival scare zone that I thought about, you know, 16 months ago and that I talked to the brothers about 10 months ago. And it's just it's so surreal. It's beautiful in a way to see the carnival lights and to see the scare actors getting screams and it's just I feel excited and I just feel like I really hope that we get the opportunity to do this again next year. Today's episode was produced by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Stay up to date this season with our free weekly newsletter. Sign up at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts and our 61-day Hauntathon. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. We'll see you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production. <laughs> <laughs>